Meanwhile, uh, let's um, fly all the way to Latin America. Uh, John Bonfiglio is Talk Radio's Latin American correspondent, joins us now. Uh, John, good morning to you. Good morning, James. How are you? Really well. Thank you very much indeed uh, for joining us this morning here on Talk Radio. So uh, let's talk a little bit about uh, what's been going on. Um, We were all very excited, he says, open brackets, not really, close brackets, about the earth shot. Uh, which is uh, Prince William's thing. Meanwhile, Costa Rica, they went off with a prize. What did they win and what does it? Uh, what difference does it make? They did. And one of the lowlights of my year was watching Prince William and Shakira in uh, in personal conversation about the importance of the of the Earthshot Prize. Not because it's not an important prize, I think, in terms of you know, recognising the environment and an achievement around the environment and envir- environmental innovation internationally, but just because it was so you know, earnest and uninspiring. But as you say, Costa Rica is just walked away with a Protect and Restore Nature Prize. And I think it's really interesting because Costa Rica is a Central American country um, and really Central America gets a pretty bad press. There's a number of of countries in Central America that have endemic problems, you know, your Nicaraguas, your Hondurases, your El Salvador's and so on. But really Costa Rica took a long, hard look at itself in the 90s, especially as regards its kind of its extractionist policies. Um, And I guess it's kind of a... Political, uh, political upheavals and decided to, to change its policy. And since then, it's been on a massive planting spree and has actually been um, supporting uh, citizens financially with reforesting the country to the extent that it is now a massive success story regionally, um, in particular because tourism and tourism from North America particularly has really been going there in droves over the course of the last you know, 15, I guess 10, 15 years also, so this really is, I think, a, a well-merited award in terms of a country really taking a leap of faith into rethinking where it wants to be in the world and making a massive in, uh, environmental success story of its public policy. There are a lot of people here who will still continue to question the greenwash, that first of all, will a prize of a million quid make any difference anyway? The second point is that here are a whole load of people telling us that we need to be more green. And yet they're the people who are flying around the world. They're the people who are uh, perhaps um, consuming more than they need to consume. They're the people who live in very big houses. They're the people who have have, uh, enormous energy bills. They're the people who demand all sorts of luxury goods which are flown all over the place as well. I mean, these people's carbon footprints are exponential. And it it does, uh, to me, it, it doesn't quite, figure i i feel very uncomfortable about who's telling us to do this stuff sure and, and i think you know that's a completely valid point in terms of you know one of your previous um messages was about one rule for them and one, one rule for us and so on and, and i think the message was one of the reasons why you know your prince william and your shakira telling us these things maybe doesn't kind of ring true i think more important than the one million uh pounds you know one million pounds the costa rican economy is neither here nor there but i think the really important thing for, for costa rica is the publicity which surrounds this prize and the fact that it then begins to um, to punch above its weight because Costa Rica is a tiny country in terms of uh, the kinds of people that it reaches out to and that then learn about it and then that, then that would allow to further snowball the ecotourism uh, if effect for, for the country. I think that's where the real value lies for Costa Rica. Yeah, I mean, I just thought it was all a bit... Uh, I, I don't know. I, I, I mean... Ed Sheeran, Coldplay and KSI were among the acts that performed. And in keeping with the eco message, the music was powered by 60 cyclists pedalling on bikes. I mean, did they really provide enough energy or was it just another smokescreen? 
Yeah, look, I, I very deliberately didn't mention Ed Sheeran's name within the within the Earthshot Prize context. I think you're completely right. Look, to, to my mind, you know, that kind of um, uh, celebrity performance that accompanies these events certainly does. I mean, you, you, we obviously know what it's designed for, right? It's designed to, to get more media attention and for people to name drop it and so on. But it is, I think, as counterproductive mm. in terms of, you know, how it how it plays out amongst the public as a success in terms of, you know, getting the, the, the media to, to recognise it. Now, two wonderful countries have signed a 20-year cooperation accord. Uh, which wonderful countries are these? Uh, Iran and Venezuela. You will oh, soon be Oh, lovely. Well done, them. Iranian produce in Venezuelan supermarkets. Delicious. Uh, re- we're talking about, obviously, you know, media... Uh, stories, and this is a classic one in terms of the juxtaposition of Caracas and Tehran together, two words which don't normally uh, sit well together. Obviously, in a Latin American context, it's all to do with the fact that Venezuela is massively struggling, has been struggling for a long period of time. Inflation reached a million percent over the course of the last few years. Now it's a 3,000 percent. I mean, you know, frankly, does that change? Does that does 3,000 percent as opposed to a million percent make any uh, average Venezuelan's life on the street any easier? No, they have uh, food shortages, medical shortages, diseases that had been um, ceased to exist in Venezuela and now back and so on. But I think what, what is particularly interesting about this story is that the headline is Tehran and Caracas. But the only reason why these two countries that are trapped in a corner can actually trade with each other is not because, you know, it matters a jot or a darn that they can speak to each other and make these 20 year long trade agreements. But it's because China and Russia uh, on the other side of that corner as well. China single-handedly is Venezuela's biggest lender. Um, uh, doesn't lend to anybody else, any other country, to the same extent as it does Venezuela. $60 billion, uh, in the last year, $60 billion in the last year alone. And it's that that allows both Iran and Venezuela uh, to function and for the, uh, for the sanctions that are imposed on those two countries to really not have any teeth at all. Right. Just a very quick word on uh, coronavirus. Uh, is it still a thing where you are or is it kind of forgotten? It's, it's still a thing, but we're very much down to the end of the third, uh, the third wave, uh, if you like. And what's interesting about some of the conversations which I hear you have on, on your show and on talk radio is the fact that a number of Latin American countries now, the vaccination rates are above the UK. Um, so where it, it was much slower to start off with in terms of the access to the vaccines, there's certainly not the, the local discourse or worry about people um, getting vaccinated. Whenever there's a, a vaccine drop, I was some, somewhere really remote um, a few weeks ago uh, just to check out the, you know, the current uh, vaccination rates and the, and the pickup and so on. And people were walking in from um, some of the, you know, the most remote areas in order to get vaccinated, that people certainly weren't staying at home, and their oldest and their youngest were going along with them. Perfect. There we go. Uh, John, thank you very much indeed for updating us this morning. It's John Bonfiglio. He's Talk Radio's Latin American correspondent. Bring us up.